Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is Horror on the Orient Express, and it's available from Chaosium. I am the Keeper of Arcane Lore, and this is episode 54. Our recap will be given by David Gasways, his character, Dr. Roland Kurz. So, without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. David? Thank you, Tom. I am weary of this journey. I think I might call the porter for a laudanum. It feels as though I have not seen my companions for weeks and weeks. I reflect on our most recent efforts. The priest and the mayor of Orishach, our hosts, showed us the path through the forest to the home of Baba Zora Jovanovich, the eccentric academic woman whom we believed had been finding antiquities of note along the ancient trade routes. Although we had been told she lived alone, a lovely young woman called Xerxa was there, and so Bloch was a lost cause. Zora's rustic home was indeed full of ancient finds, stuffed and stacked about haphazardly. Thursby met the crone coming from the woods with a heavy sack, and they came in to join us for tea and stories. The conversation, though, was fairly brief. Shortly after Thursby plucked an arm of the simulacrum from the rafters, both women attacked us. So did the house which extended numerous unnatural arms from dark corners. I seem to have had an episode of some kind. The entire house came alive. One of the mayor's children had given Neruda an antique bone whistle. The thing shrieked terribly and shattered when he blew through it, and the blasted house itself lurched into the air, tumbling us quite far down onto the bare earth. The brambles all around hoisted the house into the air, as if the brambles were massive limbs and feet, insectile and avian at the same time. One of the claw-like feet crushed old Baba, but Xerxa, whom I thought Bloch had killed in self-defense, went to the old woman's broken body, and her life force was sucked into the chief witch. Fleeing blindly, some of us found a Romany village where we were welcomed generously, the patriarch Marko Markovich took us in and listened. He calls the thing we fought the Watcher in the Woods, and he both fears and despises it. These gypsy friends helped us to collect ourselves and continue on our way. Waiting for the train back to Belgrade from Alexandrievich, we were accosted by a sea of thousands of black hens. The Mems Zahis, the ancient blade, drank deeply of their blood. We eventually made our way back to Belgrade and the Orient Express, catching the 853 train on to Sofia. In the gathering dusk, in the forests north of the train, we could just make out the figure of Baba Zora atop her galloping house, racing alongside the tracks until she fell behind at the banks of a river. Ah, the porter with my laudanum. Okay. So it's late evening on the train. You are fairly exhausted. You will be arriving in Sofia tomorrow afternoon around uh, is it two, uh, 
248, 250, somewhere around there. Nothing, you you guys are so exhausted. There's not much to do except climb into bed. Uh, And uh, Curse, you managed, you know, to get, uh, they have stuff for you if you want to sleep well. So I want to tell you a dream that you have. Now, I want to tell this to all of you, but it's not necessarily something that you all actually dream. We'll assume that that I, I just want you all to hear it. So imagine that it's you. Um, at some point... You're suddenly in an in a room with very strange light. You're uh, it's a it's a small boxy narrow room, kind of long, and there are lights on the floor that sort of give a sort of ghastly light to, to everything. Uh, the floor itself is not flat, but kind of dips in the middle, like a like a, a water channel or or something like that. And on either side of you, there's there's wood paneling, and there's some strange sort of accordion-like wooden objects up high uh, along the side. Um, the entire room is gently rocking, and you find yourself walking down the down the room towards the other end, where there is a a petition going into obviously something else. And as you're walking, everything about it seems just vaguely familiar, but it's all wrong. Everything is wrong about it. And just as you're almost to the other side, the um, the door at the other end begins to slide open. And it's then that you realize that somebody is coming into this room, only they're upside down. And that's when you realize that, no, you're upside down. You grab a hold of the wooden petition and flip yourself over so your feet are on the ceiling. But now you realize you are actually in the Orient Express. Um, the domed ceiling up above with the lights in it, uh, you were completely uh, disoriented. Um, And as this person starts to come in, you see an open window to the side and you leap out of the window and one hand grabs a hold of the window's edge and you sort of vault or flip up onto the roof of the Orient Express. You see the mountains and the the hillsides. It's dark, but you can see them very clearly. Uh, The moon shining down on everything is actually quite beautiful. You walk slowly along the top of the train. You can feel the the blast of the wind, and you can feel you can smell the the smoke from the engine as it wafts back in your direction. And then you do another strange thing. You move towards the side, and grabbing a hold of the edge, you swing down the side 
of the train precariously you know hanging from the side as as the uh, landscape rushes by and you look through one of the windows there are people inside the room asleep and uh you very gently and carefully open the window you slide it up and uh sort of twisting and going in feet first you push yourself through the window and into the room where there are two people sleeping and as you lean down to look at the person on the bottom bunk it's you and you wake up with a start it's now morning like i say you don't all you can't compare the dream but yeah uh, so who had the dream yeah <laughs> if one of you wants to talk about it to the others the others won't really know what you're talking about but it was a very strange dream How did everybody sleep last night? Uh, pretty well. I mean, you know, I was I was tired and all, but you know, probably tossed and turned a little. And you, Dorian? Uh, it's, you know, normal, normal kind of sleep. Uh, what about you? I, I had a very peculiar dream uh i was in a strange space with lighted floors but i came to realize that i was walking on the ceiling of the orient express seemed to have quite an extensive freedom of movement and going on the outside of the train, I entered a sleeping quarters and found myself asleep in the bed. It was as though as if I had entered in somebody else's somebody else's memories or yeah. some things' memories. It's very That's, strange. That is strange. Yeah. My mine was just. A normal sleep. You seemingly had a strange sleep. Yeah, I mean, it's it could just be nothing. Yeah, I mean, we've had obviously stranger dreams on oh, this yes. train, and <laughs> but something I mean, about none of the rest of you experiencing it fills me with some kind of strange comfort. Hmm. Yeah. It's, maybe it is a culmination of everything, and your brain is just. Creating things. Yes, it's what I've happens. never, I've never had dreams. People speak of dreams of flying or being untethered from the ground, but I've never had such such dreams oh. other than our uh, experience on uh, Mimi in the Dreamlands. This is <laughs> quite a bizarre, almost a, a feeling of vertigo. Mm -hmm. I can imagine. It was another was my window, feeling. 
unlocked? No. Well, I don't know that you would lock it, but it was it wasn't open. Um, but there was another feeling that sort of went with that whole experience, that whole dream. That was a feeling of kind of freedom, as if you weren't afraid of anything. You had no anxiety about jumping out the window or walking on the top of the train or hanging down. You even felt kind of elated. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a uh, such feelings of being untethered by anxieties and fears is so unlike myself. Um, even before we got on this this train and on the hunt for this blasphemous simulacrum. At this, what point this, in the dream did you see your your, your own body? I the, did. I saw my, I saw my sleeping self. I mean the body that was on the roof of No, the I never I never saw a mirror or a reflection in a window. The body you in which I was see your hand stretching out and grasping no. the window or something. It sounds as though uh you are inhabiting a creature that was more agile like a chimpanzee or something yes and it's I, but i yes that's i never saw the body the dream body in which i was inhabiting yeah well it's a pity we uh, perhaps on the way back uh we will stop in austria and you can speak to a specialist about this there's a gentleman by the name of freud who's become quite uh well known from from Vienna. Yeah. yeah. Many experts there experimenting with the mind. So, uh, you all get dressed, you uh, pull yourselves together, and you go to get something to eat for breakfast. Um, uh, as you eat, you have a very nice breakfast. Uh, the luxury of the train is what you expect. Um, you, you grab some newspapers and uh, do some reading. You don't find anything overtly bad, except that there are a lot of reports that uh, Sophia in particular, the crime rate is very high. And uh, there's a lot of, un a lot of civic unrest. Um, people are tending to close their businesses down at sunset and not hang around, you know, for the, the nightlife. It is still cold. It's winter. Um, but uh, the, the report sort of says that it seems this last decade has been very bad for Sophia and, uh, and her international stuff, just because there's so many gangs and bad things going on, Sophia. Yeah. Um, you'll do a spot hidden for me too. That's yeah, a regular success. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. it's a regular success as well. I have an O2. Oh, cool. So you especially will notice this. Now, the staff of the Orient Express is vetted pretty deeply they all have to speak multiple languages um it's not an easy job to get but every once in a while they do get new employees 
And in this case, you're kind of thinking that at least one of the servers uh, is a little bit uh, new to it. Uh, you'll hear a couple of, uh, you know, dishes hit the floor and, uh, yeah. uh, you know, drinks spilling a little bit too much. And a couple of harsh words you'll hear quietly from the Mater D, you know, to him, you know, pick it up, you know, don't, uh, uh, you know, pull yourself together. But other than that, nothing really disturbs your uh, your breakfast. Um, but so one of you, one of you needs to get up for some reason. Maybe you're going to use the restroom or whatever. Who does? Sure. Who do you want to do? Yeah, I, I will. Okay, Gunter. Um, <sighs> now. The train is busy. There are people on the train. Uh, there are servers. There are people in the booths. Some of them maybe along the way you've gotten to know a little bit. Some of them you haven't. Um, for the most part, you haven't. But as you're going down through the dining room into uh, the hallway, there's one gentleman sitting at a booth. Um, the booth looks like it was made for four originally. But he's sitting there by himself. He looks very professorial, like a like a, a somebody who's an, an academic. And he's got a number of books and things laid out on the table in front of him and some manuscripts. And he seems to be, you know, pulling uh pulling out his magnifying glass and and studying the text in one book and looking at things. He also has a number of photographs that are laid on the table. Uh, to a spot hidden for me. Okay. No, no. Okay, you're not. You're not quite. You're really not quite that interested as you're walking by. Mm -hmm. uh, you're not looking specifically at it, but out of the corner of your eye, uh, one of the things he's written on his notepad in large, you know, capital letters is. Uh, Sedevkar Similare. Mm. Uh, kind of stop when I see that. I kind of look down and I'm going to uh, try and notice what he said he had photos out. Mm -hmm. uh, what are they of? I like the nearest one to me. Well, when you look down, when you stop, Mm -hmm. And you look down at him uh, out of the corner of his eye. He notices you and he looks up at you like, yes. Because goes, uh, sorry, I'm a bit of a, uh, a fan of photography uh, myself also. And I was trying to uh, thought I might oh, well, have found a, another fan. No, I, I didn't take the photographs. No, I'm, I'm, I'm very busy at the moment. But as oh, you're looking, you can see that the pictures are pictures of uh, the treasure trove that you guys found in Vinkovici. Mm -hmm. In fact, they're the same pictures of oh. the items from the uh, uh, the tomb, the supposed tomb. Right. Okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, you, you didn't? Oh, well, they're, they're quite wonderful. Oh, I mean well, as I say, I didn't take them. Oh. Uh, if, you'll, if you'll excuse me. 
and he oh, sort of goes back into it. You can see he's working on translations of, mm -hmm. of things. Uh, well, if you could let me know where you got them from, I'd be very interested in maybe. Sir, I, I don't know you. Oh, well, uh, my name is uh, Herr Block. Now. Block. Block, yes. Gunter Block? Oh, you've you've heard of me. Yes, I'm a a, a stage magician. I, uh, I yeah, I don't know about to... that, but oh. uh, well, are you familiar with the Miss Jasmina uh, Merrick? I am. Yes, a, a lovely woman. Well, she was talking about you just recently. I was in uh, I was in uh, uh, Golsi. Oh, were you? Well, this is a rather fortuitous meeting. Uh, I'm at a loss. What is your name? What, I'm sorry. I'm Professor Radko Jordanov. Oh, Jordanov. She, yes, she, she did did mention mention you. You work at the uh, at the uh, National. Ancient uh, director of the National Archaeology Museum. Yes, yes. Um, oh. Surprised that they're on the train together. Um, she said there were others, companions. Yes, they are. Uh, I was uh, needing to use the uh, the loo. Oh, and, uh, well, please, uh, you go use the loo. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be right back. Now you probably all notice this conversation, maybe hear mm -hmm. it. So the uh, loo is very nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get my hands all washed and everything. So dang coffee. Come 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 back out and go go uh yeah, so uh are you headed Headed back to your place of work? Yes, indeed. Um, I was visiting Yasmina. Um, she had uh, her uh, father, her late father, I'm sorry to say, found yes. a uh, rather important uh, trove of uh, objects from the 12th century. Um, and she's uh, she had me come to collect them there. I'm taking them to the museum now, but uh, these are some of the photographs. But then you've already seen them, yes? Yes, I ha yes I have. Yeah, huh? very interesting. Are your friends with you? Yes, and I kind of look up and I was like, one of them say uh, would be an expert in this. I go, uh, Doctor Dabrowski. Doctor Dabrowski. Yes. Yeah. There's a. Uh, a uh, gentleman here that of of expertise. He knows uh, your uh, your friend Yasmina. Ah, I walk over. Perhaps, yes, uh, perhaps we can all move to a larger table. No, yes, uh, yes, we should. I appreciate that, and then I kind of uh, wave at the other three. So that's what you do. I don't know if there are large tables, but we'll say you all move to a larger mm -hmm. table and he relays this stuff out. Um, and there's introductions all around. His father, uh, I mean, his uh, professor uh, 
Radko Jordanov from the uh, what piece? <laughs> mm. From the Museum of Archaeology in uh, Sofia. So he says, so I've been studying this. It's fascinating, fascinating stuff. Um, yes. Unfortunately, uh, the one thing that seems to be most interesting here, at least to me, is references to this Sedevkar simulacrum. Um, it's not completely clear what it is, but it describes it as a rather remarkable kind of statue. Um hmm. It was recovered. It says here that it was recovered uh, from a heretic named Sedevkar, a kind of medieval wizard, if you will. Um, what's What I find very interesting is I had a former student a number of years ago, you see, and uh, he was trying to make a name for himself. And he was unfortunately caught up in something that the uh, academic community ultimately considered a hoax. Uh, he claimed that he had purchased, while uh, traveling the countryside, a small or rather uh, rather human-sized uh, carved uh, head. Uh, it had unusual properties. Uh, and uh, he wrote a uh, rather extensive paper on it, uh, which he called the Jujeta uh, Idol. Um, now, I don't know how familiar you are with um, our legends and mythology around this, but uh, part of the uh, part of the traditional creation myth, uh, not the Christian myth, but the the ancient Christ the ancient creation myth has to do with a race of uh, dwarves called the Jujeta, uh that that were around before mankind was, before God created humans. Uh, and uh, he believed that the statue itself was proof of the existence of this civilization before mankind. He called it the Jujeta Idol. He wrote a monograph on it. Um, Unfortunately, it was rather badly written. Uh, it was poorly researched. It was filled with wild speculations. Mm -hmm. uh, the academic uh, community rejected it utterly. They, they made him a laughing stock. And I believe mm -hmm. that he ultimately moved to Canada, a disgrace, and never, uh, never returned to the academia at all. How um, did he first find this artifact that struck him as something so unusual? He said that he was out in the country and a farmer dug it up in his field and um, sold it to him. And what about the artifact this particular head made him think it was something so antediluvian as to describe a previous kind of humankind? Well, I think that it was because he couldn't identify what it was made of, um, mm -hmm. that it seemed to have certain odd properties to it that uh, it just seemed too sophisticated for an ancient people to have made unless they were far more ancient. Like I say, most of the academia thought that it was either a hoax that was being played on him or that he himself was trying to perpetrate a hoax. It and does so have it a little was, bit of the feeling of uh, 
Atlantis or exactly one of these other yes. ancient civilizations that had yeah. And yet here is something that describes oddly enough a sort of statue with similar odd properties, color changing and so forth that mm. that he described. Now his name was um Penov. Penev was his last name. Um, and uh i'm sure i'm sure that i have a copy of his monograph oh. uh, at home um i don't have any idea where the Zhuzhineta, uh idol is now i suppose it could be anywhere if it even um, existed i mean it, it could still have been you know maybe he has a rumor passed down well, no, I do think that he showed it to a number of people. Um, oh. I mean, he would have wanted to have it verified. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what. Perhaps he says somewhere in the uh, in the paper what uh, what he did with it. How um, old would, do you think Mr. Penef would be now in Canada? Oh, uh, I'm, uh, let's see, probably in his mid to late 30s. Hmm. A young man still. Perhaps we'll even be able to reach him by telegraph and see if he left this artifact someplace noteworthy, if it's so unusual. Well, yes, we could, we could, we don't have to start there, though. We can check and see the manuscript itself. Um, yes. Uh, Jasmina yes. spoke very highly of the five of you. That is oh. kind of her. Yes, I, I thought very highly of her too. She's a very wonderful woman. But um, yes, I mean it should. It should prove an interesting uh, academic sort of pursuit. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. I'm sure with um, my, I'm sure with my academic connections, we could we could trace. What happened to it? I should like to see it myself now. Yes. Because of this. Yeah. Professor hmm. so Yontov, do you have a recommendation for where we should stay? Oh, well, yes. I mean, uh, there's a couple of things. You look like uh, gentlemen of the world. Um, I would say you've got two choices. You could stay at the uh, uh, Hotel de la Bulgarie which is probably the finest hotel in all of Sofia, or you could stay at um, the Fireside Inn, which is actually owned by some friends of mine. Uh, it's very nice, a little more secluded, a little more homey. Mm -hmm. mm. Honestly, at this point in our journey, uh, staying with friends of friends sounds appealing to me. We have seen some luxury. What do you think, gentlemen, is the Fireside Inn? Yes, I would be. Yes, I feel much safer. Sounds yeah. splendid. So, um, uh, yes. I've heard I've heard stories now. You know, uh, you know how people will talk about that the uh, Sofia is can be a dangerous city with the crime. Have you found it that way? Is there yes, places we should avoid? There is. There is a lot of yes. There's definitely some places you'll want to avoid. I wouldn't be out late at night walking on it, walking about. Uh, uh, the crime rate, unfortunately, is fairly high. It has been for um, 
for quite a few years now. Uh, we're going through a bad spell. What, what type of crime? It's like pickpockets oh. or full-on mugging and murder? Our police force is at full full strength. Um, uh, from what I understand, there's been quite a few murders and uh, and robberies and uh, mm. and things like that. Um, that's quite unfortunate. But you know, it, you know, I'm thinking perhaps what would be a good idea. Let's let's plan this. When we get to the train station, my I have my car there. Um, I trust you. Uh, perhaps it's it's odd to trust somebody so soon, but um, I tell you, Jasmina gave you how very high recommendations. You're quite responsible, quite good people. Um, you can use my car to drive me to my home, and then. I take the car to the fireside, and I can point that out where it is on the map. Oh. And then in the morning, you can come and uh, visit me. We'll have breakfast. I'll make some breakfast, and we can see if we can have a, have a look for this uh, uh, the Jeanetta Idol uh, manuscript, and uh, have some fun doing that. I'm I'm afraid oh. my house is not exactly in the most pristine condition. I have tended to collect a lot of things over the years. It sounds fascinating. But wow. um, can you enlighten me at all on this? Uh, well, I'm thinking that Sedevkar Simulacrum might, in fact, be the rest of this same statue. And I don't know where the other pieces are, perhaps scattered across Europe in collections. But it should be interesting, too. I want to roll psychology. Okay. Like in a roll roll psychology. I've been been listening to this conversation, um, trying to piece together if if this gentleman is a enthusiastic academic who's mostly ignorant, or if he's somebody that um, who's interested in the uh, simulacrum is a uh, not so yes. on the up and up. Uh, Dorian will also be doing that because uh, uh, he has. He, that's not worth the luck. <clears throat> he doesn't quite as much as he trusts Yasmina and her contacts. He doesn't. He's a little bit wary. Plus, uh, psychology is one of my things. Uh, Ten out of sixty-eight. Okay. There's nothing in his demeanor that seems that he's he's lying. He's obviously uh, just from the the breadth of the academia laying on the table in front of you. He's got manuscripts in Latin and Greek and so forth that he's he's pulling information from. The fact that Jasmina actually that Jasmina's father in his journal said, "Make sure all of this stuff goes to yes, Rodko yes. Jordanov," yes. um, mm-hmm. and it does make sense that. While you were in, uh, in the fighting the witch and the chickens, yes. there's plenty of time for him to get there, collect the stuff, come back. Mm-hmm. So it just happens that you you've landed in the same. Nothing seems out of the ordinary. Oh. Yeah. However, it's do just, everybody do a spot hidden? Just right. a very enthusiastic man. I wasn't. I wasn't oh. too worried. It was just oh, seven as an extreme success. Uh, that is a failure by one, but I am not spending luck because someone passed. <laughs> Extreme I as well. 
I got a 98. I was probably thinking about Yasmina. Okay. <laughs> probably. So, <laughs> so as I said, the, the, the train is busy. There's people on the train. You guys are sitting there talking, and it takes you a minute to realize that a few of the passengers on the train are starting to complain a little bit about the service. And out of the corner of your eye, as you sort of glance back, you notice that waiter, that newer man, uh, what he's done is he had drinks. He set them down on the edge of somebody's table, and they've looked up at him and they've said, well, we didn't order this. He's ignoring them, and he's taking notes on a pad of paper uh, in front of him. And just as you notice him and you glance up, he glances at you and then suddenly turns and starts heading uh, heading for the opposite door. Oh, I think we should probably pick up the pace and go. Stop that man! Head towards him. Um, okay, you you say that out loud. Stop that man. Okay, as he does that, the Mater D is there, and the Mater D steps in front of him, and he says, "You know what are you doing? Why? What, what's going on here?" The guy pulls out a knife and jams it into the the Mater D a couple of times, throws him down, and starts running for the door. You see the the white you know, shirt of the maitre d' suddenly stained blood red. And he's like, impastore, impastore, as he falls to the ground. Um, and of course, now yeah. there's a bit of pandemonium. Uh, people but, uh, aren't getting out of their seats, but they're kind of, you know, getting away yeah. from the aisle. What do you want I'm, to do? Most, I'm letting Theodore go. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go after this guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm following behind Theodore, but he should go first. And I am following Theodore as oh. well. Very briefly, the country that we're passing through at the moment, since I'm very keen on gun laws. It's probably Bulgaria. There's probably not that many gun laws. However, you're in a small, narrow space. Oh, yeah. I just want to make sure, like, if I accidentally have to kill the guy, I just want to. Accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. There's people. You just want to make sure you don't hit somebody. I'm not making that my first choice. I'm after him. I want to trip him up. Okay. I'm I'm going to take one of my mini uh hankies and uh try and staunch the blood of the maitre D. Try and, okay. try and trying to help first aid on him. What did you do first aid on him? Fuck. Uh ninety-nine. <laughs> you just shoved this in here. <laughs> he's been he's been stabbed pretty bad. Yeah. You can't quite stop the bleeding, but at least you can slow it down. Yeah. Um, okay. So you you then are on your knees, yeah. sort of cradling him and, and putting pressure on the wound. Um, uh, Theodore, you're up first and chasing. Dabrowski's yeah, behind to be right him. Behind, and I have my hand on the Memsa. He's in my jacket. Okay. I am responsible for the death of this innocent man, after all. So, Theodore, Dabrowski, Kurz, and Neruda, in that order? Okay. Um, 
I would like you all to do a dexterity roll. Um, uh, 26 out of 65, a hard success. 65 is a failure. 64 is also a failure, although I'm prepared to try to correct that if necessary. Hard pass. Okay, so uh, Theodore and Dorian, you managed to avoid uh, people in the way, Um, but Roland and Neruda, you're sort of blocked a little, uh, so you're going to be slower. Uh, When the guy gets to the end of the room... Mm -hmm. Uh, and he throws open the connecting door and goes through. He slams it really hard behind him as he goes. Uh, Dorian and uh, Theodore, you get to the door. Uh, do a strength roll to open it. Ooh, 31 is a... Oh, okay. If I need a hard, I'm just one point from a hard. Should I spend it? I got 40, which is just irregular, and I do not have the luck. So it is up to you. I'll I'll have you spend the one luck to make it a hard. Because the door jams. All right, perfect. So I am... Oh, come on. You go here. There we go. Okay, so yeah, hard. Come on, one second. This is not letting me move this. There we go. Okay, now I can move this. Sorry about that. Okay, okay yeah. One point so spent, hard success. You yeah. tear the door open uh, and you start running. You're now uh, you're now in part of the train. You're heading towards the foregone. And there are people in this, this part of the train that he is shoving to the side. So women are screaming as he does that and so forth. Um, but he's a little ahead of you. But but in him shoving people aside, he's probably slowing a tiny because the those people are no longer in front of us. So hopefully well, we can the, we the can hallway gain. though is pretty damn narrow. So you're gonna have to get by the same people. Go ahead and do a we'll say another dex roll. Ah. Oh dirty bunnies. Uh ninety-six. That's a bad failure. I think I just tackled some lady having so uh, I, I also got a 92, so um, you're still kind of even. Uh, you get through this, but he gets to that other door. He opens it, and he runs into what you're pretty sure is the first four gone. Okay. Um, and Dabrowski, how did you do? Uh, I succeeded. Okay, so not, you're, not you're, you're right there with Theodore. Uh, Gabriel and uh, Roland, uh, you are one car behind, uh, but you're still chasing. Um, can I? Can I assume that someone has pressed some sort of panic button in the dining car so that the train should be, whatever authorities on the train should be on the lookout for behavior? Yes. It says nothing about that in here. I don't. I'm not sure that that system existed yet, but. Mm. Um, at the moment, this is happening so fast that uh, I'm sure it did exist, but it's happening very fast. Um, so uh, he gets to the he he opens the door to the foregone and he runs inside. Um, 
once again do a dex roll for uh, Theodore and Dabrowski. Ooh, there we go. Okay, that Ooh. is... 35. It's a standard pass. It's still a regular success, 25. Okay. Um, as you open up the door, what you see is that he has a kind of a satchel, a backpack. Um, it's made out of red cloth, and he is stuffing his notebook into that and attempting to open up the door to the foregone. But as as he as you open the door and you see him, he reaches up and he grabs a fire axe off the wall and he throws it just in your general direction. If you want to try to dodge. Oh yeah. Is, is there anybody in this car or is this no, mostly this is all this is all boxes. Oh is. yeah, okay. I will okay. I'll dodge. Yes, Definitely, Doctor. Oh, yes. Well, I had been Ooh. succeeding too many rows, so a 99 was inevitable. Oof. No! <laughs> I got uh. a 19. So, how did you do, Thurston? I got a 13 dodge. I did a matrix okay. special. You, you, you dodge out of the way. And Dabrowski is like, <laughs> and the axe hits you, and no. it's going to do two points of damage. Whew. So maybe it just oh, cuts into you a little bit, but it hits pretty hard, so it knocks you back. Um, and he manages; ah. he's starting to open up the, the door. So now oh, you're getting the blast of the icy cold air coming. No, oh, no, no, no. Where he's he's got to be center mass right in that door to make use of it, and he's kind of kneeling down. So, yep, all all, yeah, he should not have thrown an axe at my buddy. Okay, go <laughs> ahead, fire. Please, be spectacular. Don't be evil. Don't be evil. Come on, come on. Ooh, 40. 40. Hey, I think that's a hit. 40, 40, wait for it. Hey, that's a hit. Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll damage. Your gun. Okay. Ooh, seven plus two is nine. Chikapoon. Okay. You hit him, uh, sort of center mass. Uh, you can see the blood splatter, you know, as you hit. Uh, he rolls sideways. And uh, and you're probably still running forward now as he's there. I will close, yeah, super fast. Um, before he, before you get up to him, uh, he manages to push the bag out of the train. Uh, and he's trying to crawl towards the door, but you, you've done a lot of damage to him. Okay, he's bleeding so, badly. Yeah, I'll I'll put a round through his right kneecap. I don't want him going anywhere. Okay, we'll see how you do. Do just roll damage. Because uh, too much two, damage. Two, uh oh, oh no! Uh, two plus two, uh, four, four more. Okay, that'll actually kill him. So, oh Jesus! You've just at the last moment the train lurches and you put it right through his chest. Oh, oops! Sorry. I was trying to. 
immobilize the guy. Oh, yeah. Gonna see if he rolled out, but uh, you stopped him before he rolls out. Um, we can't and, and about this as at this time, Roland and Gabriel, you hear gunshots. Uh, just as you catch up and come into the room, uh, uh, Dabrowski's on the floor. He's bleeding. Uh-huh. Uh, and the the body of the guy is over near the door. He is uh, dead. Uh, there is blood splattered all over the place. Um, and you all can do well. You you three can do except for Dabrowski uh, spot hidden, as you can clearly view the guy. Forty one. I think that's a regular seventy. Uh-huh. Is a failure. I am one of those who worried about Dorian. I think a standard pass. Is there someone on horseback running to catch up with the packet he dropped? No, it fell into the snow. You're out in the middle of nowhere, it would seem. We wish we could uh, stop the train and get the packet before someone claims it. What you do notice is, those of you who passed, there's definitely some signs on this young guy. He looks like he's maybe, maybe in his 20s on this young guy's body that uh, he has had some replacements. You can see the skin, different colored, definitely a sign that he is a brother of the skin. Dirty rocks. Who knows who this was originally? Yeah. Dabrowski, it seems that he took a little chunk out of you. I believe this blade can... He tried to ask me a question. <laughs> At that point, we rolled Dorian off the train. <laughs> Dorian, I'm just going to uh, correct the wound with Memsehis. You shouldn't feel anything, yeah? Uh, okay. You give him a choice. But 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 what do you what 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 do you? Oh, I'm not there. He said, oh, okay, so I slice off a little jacket, a little shirt, and fold the blade into the injury. It's cut slightly against the bruise that's developing and the little flap to the other side. And that seems so obvious to me. I can do this without any damage at all to the final structure. And the only evidence is that he's got blood splashed on his own blood, but the wound itself is healed completely perfectly there you are. good as new and about that time other people on the well a few gentlemen who were also concerned about this crime uh show up but also members of the, the staff show up um i'll i'll truncate this a little bit what you find is that after an investigation that someone got on, this is sort of what you're talking to the other people. This guy was new, but he got on, you think he got on somewhere in between, you know, Belgrade and Sophia at one of the short stops, maybe with the police inspector or the, the border inspectors. And that, um, 
he doesn't match the description of the kid that was supposed to get on. Uh, further investigation shows that you find another body. Uh, it's in one of the restrooms at the end of the uh, of the train, and that the the young man there who's been stripped of his uniform—that's what this guy was wearing—has one of his hands removed. Why do you think he wanted a hand? Maybe he had lost a hand and he took this. Is one of the hands on the guy that Theodore shot kind of the same complexion as No. The, no? Okay. No. Fingerprints uh, of some kind? No. It looks like he murdered the kid, took his uniform. Yeah, but, but not I mean, we, we saw what they were capable of in the cave. Yeah, they're monsters. I mean, who knows what dark magics they could use to animate that hand to, to for some nefarious purpose. So one person that's really uh, shaken by this whole thing is, of course, Professor Jordanov. Um, I mean, he was right in the middle of telling you how dangerous Sophia can be. And he never thought that that could extend onto the train. But here's some imposter stabbing the maitre d'. We'll say the maitre d' lives, though. Oh, good. Um, Thanks, me. And yeah. uh, so nobody, nobody else is dead. But there's so there's not really any reason at this point to stop the train. But you do. Uh, pull into Sophia later that afternoon. By the way, you guys are all thanked, commended. You guys obviously were trying to stop this fellow. Uh, but they do inform you that the police will want to ask questions when you get to Sophia. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. So do you want to do anything before Sophia? Can we mark uh, like on a map somewhere like roughly where that bag was tossed out of the train? Just you so don't we really you're not really sure it could be anywhere. If you try to calculate time, speed of the train is changing all the time. You're not really sure, but. Dorian, you said the bag was red. I wonder, they could never find it either, unless perhaps the bag is made also of some fez or something that they can have a relationship with. Otherwise, endless mm. mountains in the snow and the train tracks. But I, it I think some time at least. I think it'd be highly unlikely because it could it could be anywhere. You have a big search radius. It would be difficult. Very. Hmm. So, the train pulls into Sofia just about. 3 p.m., a little before 3 p.m. Uh, it's busy. It's it's a difficult uh, place. Uh, the police uh, want to speak with you all. And uh, you are going to... Just 
Gentlemen, my story is that I saw some blood on his sleeve, and that's why I said stop this man. Okay. All right. So you arrive in Sophia. There are a lot of passengers that are quite shaken. Uh, those who were involved in the direct room, they, they're all, uh, you know, uh, questioned as well. Uh, but you're taken to a, a room where uh, you were talked to. It, it takes um, it's probably going to take about an hour or so for them to do all the investigation. Uh, you're taken in and you meet Major Vasil Kristova. Uh, he's a uniformed Bulgarian inspector. Uh, and he takes you in, and he's uh, he looks like uh, he's about forty years old. Yeah, salt and pepper hair, uh, with a big thick mustache. He's like so. Um, so tell me what happened, and what did you see? Um, I was sitting there having a conversation with my friends, and then. Uh... Dr. Kurz uh, saw some blood on the imposter, as we found out later, and uh, yelled out, and he stabbed the maitre d', and then that's the last I saw, because I tried, I saved the maitre d's life. Okay. You'd probably tell him more of the details. Uh, I'm sorry, uh... Mr. Christopher, I don't. Uh, what your title? I should call you sergeant or in, inspector or. I am. Uh, I am major. Vasil major. Christopher. Yeah. Major Christopher. Yeah. The fellow had seemed strange. Uh, he was nervous and sweaty. I wondered if perhaps he was um, an uh, an opium addict. He was clumsy and spilled things. But until he uh, leaned suspiciously toward us in the dining car. I hadn't noticed he had a streak of dried blood that he had attempted to hide by running his the color of his shirt. So when he turned to run, I thought, this is too suspicious, and I called out. I did not think he was going to panic and, and attempt to kill the, the Maitre D. But because he was, as we say, an imposter, he panicked, I suppose. Mm. And the train is full of valuables, yeah? So he replaced someone on the staff. I assume he expected to leave with pockets of jewels. It appears or something he... or something else. Um, he looks at you. Why don't you all do psychology rolls? Why don't we? Thirty-three out of sixteen. Eighty-four. 14. Eighty-four out of sixty-eight. Fourteen is a, is a regular pass. Fail. For those of you who pass, he's a police. He's he's a policeman. Uh, he doesn't seem very forthcoming with any information to tell you, but at the same time, he doesn't seem surprised at any of the stuff that you've said. Almost like he's heard this sort of stuff before. Especially when the I, the concept of somebody getting their hand cut off, hmm. he doesn't flinch, uh, as if he's heard that before. Hmm. Wow. 
Um, he says, well, I'm, I'm sorry that you were exposed to this sort of thing. Uh, Sophia is, uh, is, it seems the criminal intent in, uh, in Sophia is growing and growing. We wouldn't have expected something that's on the Orient Express, but, um, can we do strange mm. yeah trying times but well what? i'm afraid it's not exactly unheard of uh it's not something that we publish in the newspaper you understand of course but so do you mean something about the hands um the book says to a persuade role do a persuader a fast talk role if you want to oh four i am not very persuasive nice. but that will certainly be an extreme success as as you talk with him and you tell him these things and your own experience and expertise sort of manifests you know in the way that you talk about this he sort of lightens up and he 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 looks like he trusts you and he says well he says it would seem that in the last 10 to 12 years uh there has been a, an upswing in violent crime and uh we've noticed that uh I, I've noticed similar crimes before, murders combined with mutilations and body parts being taken as trophies. Um, these crimes are also connected with disappearances and kidnappings and things like that. Uh, so it is not only property crimes, but these very personal crimes. Yeah. And the trophy of a body part. What you, you can't display this anywhere. We've... Uh, we think that it might be a brutal group of white slavers uh that's one of the working theories in any case we've sort of given them a nickname the butchers uh they yes these sort of crimes are quite odd now because the uh because the hand was missing that's why we're kind of thinking that this might be the work of the same the same group so um, these butchers have a particular modus operandi or rationale, or does they have some insignia that they can be recognized? Or so far, we haven't really found any connectivity. Um, people will go missing later on; they might show up uh, dead, but mutilated uh, with body parts uh -huh. missing. Um, it's unusual, you know. We thought perhaps mafia, but it's too regular. There's too much of it um occasionally the mafia might want to send a message but if you do it all the time it's not really a message is it no. uh some of these people weren't even robbed they were just hmm. captured and mutilated seems uh pointless is, and horrific is there a part of town where this is happening more often we'd like to avoid that part of town obviously well it's happened all all over the place but oh. he gives you some specific areas that are you know low uh yeah. not very well kept up you should avoid them but, are there, uh, major are there um have you found at some point 
a cache of these remains. No, For example, not. after a raid, you see there's a barrel that has body parts in it, or do they throw them in the river after, or what do you think? We haven't found the body parts. That's the other weird part of it, that uh, they must be keeping them or doing something with the body parts. It's gruesome. I'm sorry to, uh, I, I know it's, it's rather gruesome. You seem open to understanding. Um, I'm not exactly well appreciated uh, in the in the precinct because of my investigation of this, but uh, I, I'm sorry that you were exposed. Thank you very much. Uh, if you see anything or hear anything unusual, please uh, you know report it to the police. Yeah, thank you very much for your candor, Major. Uh, we will be, we will speak to you again if we should see something so uh, unnatural as this. Excellent. Mm. Well, thank you. So that's taken about an hour or so to go through. Yeah. Uh, Professor uh, Dr. Jordan Moff was there as well, although separately from, from you. Um, uh, after it's over, Dr. Jordanoff is absolutely exhausted and he's eager to get home and get some sleep. So uh, he takes you to his car and he the plan is, is that you will drive him to his home and then you'll keep the car and then come back tomorrow for breakfast and look for the thing. But he's quite shaken. He seems yeah. he seems like a extremely intelligent man. But he's not used to any kind of excitement. So he's, you know, he'd rather not be involved in murder yeah. mayhem. It's <laughs> a reasonable man. <laughs> and so that's, in fact, what you do. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, you take him to his home. It's a very nice home. Uh, you don't go inside. You drop him off. He's given you on the map exactly where to go. And he's uh, he's phoned the fireside in uh, early to make, make sure they have room for you, which they do. Uh, so it's probably about 10 p.m. by the time you finally get to the fireside in. Uh, it's, it's dark. Uh, but uh, you you park the car, you go inside, uh, and they are very, very wholesome. They're very, you know, it kind of reminds you like uh, in uh, Vinkovici, the, the, uh, the, the lodge that you stayed in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people are very helpful, very friendly. Uh, at least somebody sort of, you know, speaks English. And uh, you are put up in rooms for the night. And you're also exhausted. Oh, yeah. So, eventually you you go to bed. Unless you want to talk about something, we'll go to bed. Before you go to bed. I suppose the obvious question is how they knew to have a spy on the train. And how did we, perhaps uh, the fellow was following Jordanov? Could have been, yeah, because they were following uh, Yasmina's father, and then I'm sure they were, when he was murdered, followed 
her and she made contact with him. We are, we are counting upon staying a few steps ahead of them, so mm. I can only hope that the notebook is lost in the snow. But he might have described us all. He certainly should have gotten your name, Hebloch. Yeah. I mean, we've almost stepped into, sounds like, one of their dens if they're going around willy-nilly chopping off people's hands. Putting it, our uh, our friend from the museum doesn't seem terribly subtle about his investigation. Well, he Not just thinks he had any real understanding of how dangerous this is. Exactly, he's just researching an academic find. I mean, why why would you want to be worried about that? Hmm. Yeah, indeed. Um, so, place is warm, comfortable. Um, they serve dinner. It's fairly nice. Oh, nice! That was late dinner. Very, very accommodating. Oh yeah, they'll 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 make sure that you eat. Excellent. Do our rooms have uh, uh, like a secure closet or area for our our sure parties? yeah. Yeah, you put your, your stuff away. You make sure that everything is nice and safe. You all eventually uh you all eventually bed down for the night. Are you guys going to share rooms or do you want separate rooms? Hey, you want a couple well, of different rooms. I always share with fear though. It's our routine now. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's perfect. And uh, uh Lock Naruda and Kurz. Uh, I mean, um, I mean, there's two beds in the room. Sure. Okay. Good, because I can have room for my torso next to me. So, uh, I mean, I don't mind sharing a room. I, Doctor Kurz, and I have. Uh, yeah, I think a, everyone should at least be um, sharing or joining a room. In case yeah. there's trouble in the night, yeah. We'll say the rooms are adjoining. Okay. 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 Yeah. So somebody, if if there's two beds in a room and there are five of us, mm -hmm. it's one person's on their own. There could be there could be a comfortable couch. Mm -hmm. I've after all this trouble with my leg, much road bed since I uh, <laughs> yeah yeah I'm all right. Uh, Large man, a couch is not ideal. So Morgan's by himself. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, Doctor Nervous by himself. All right, Morgan's mm -hmm. by himself too, but that's another matter. Anyway, oh <laughs> no, you're with all of us. <laughs> um, all right. So eventually, you all fall asleep. I would like everyone. To do listen rolls. Come on, dice one time tonight. Oh no, I I um no eighty four out of uh, four. Eighty seven. I was tired. Hey, I got a regular standard success. Forty six out of fifty. Seventy seven is a fail, also. So, 
The only one who passed was Stu. Yes. Okay. That's fortunate. All right. So you're all asleep. Stu, I don't know what time it is. It's dark. Lights are turned off. Um, you hear something. Um, sounds like this is 1923. It sounds like a rat running across the floor. Okay, something sort small. Of, somebody, somebody, somebody in in my room. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll turn on the lamp next to me and sit okay. up and try to see it. All right. So, as you sit up, you don't see anything. You look around. Um. But as you as you're sort of looking around. Uh, something on the other side of the bed is making the covers move. The covers are moving like something's climbing up onto the bed. And just it, as... It, it's not Dorian, just, is it? Just as you... No, it's not Dorian. Just as you look over, a severed hand ah! uh, that is animated leaps up onto the bed and comes crawling very fast at you. Do oh. do a, a, a sanity roll. Oh yeah. It's it's my good old hunting night time and hopefully oh 28 I'm loving it. Meanwhile right next to Theodore I am fast asleep. Oh. Right next to Theodore, Dorian, you are fast asleep, and there is a hand uh, running up your chest, and it is about to go for your throat. Oh, um, yeah. Just... Theodore, you see the one on your side coming oh. at you. Ooh. Oh, my God. Uh, it's a commando uh, Do you call out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. When you Dorian. Call out, Dorian wakes up. However... The thing leaps and grabs a hold of Dorian by the throat and starts to squeeze. Uh, the rest of you do listen rolls to see if you hear uh, Theodore yell. 83. I'm still sleeping away. Don't make so much noise, Dr. Curse. Yeah. <laughs> 60, 64. <laughs> okay. So although you remain asleep, only for a few moments before something in your room re uh, leaps up, grabs you by the throat, and starts clawing at your throat. You wake up in horror to find a severed hand uh, attempting to choke you. Uh, we will go in duck's order. Uh, Stu, you're first. Oh, yeah. You have the initiative because you saw it coming. Oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna grab the thing and take the knife and just stab it through the hand into the desk. Okay, all the way, you all did. Uh, you all need to do sanity rolls. Yeah, forty-two yeah. is a pass for sanity. Is it one point for a pass or zero? One point for a pass. One d four. Oh, for a fail. I got an O three on my sanity. Very good. You guys are getting Dorian's used like, to this. Is just another things. Tuesday. Well, I am. Well, I am at twenty-eight sanity now. So you know. <clears throat> I failed sanity. You said one d four. Yeah, I failed, but I only 4. lost only lost one. 
three. Ah. 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 Okay. So, Theodore, you are going to attempt to stab it. Oh, yeah. Um, just I grab it and then just, just holding it down wherever I can. I'll just start slowly putting the knife through the hand wherever my hand is not. Okay. Do then, a... Do a do a dex roll to see if you can keep a hold of it. Sure. Um, as is usual in these kind of monster movies, yep. that hand seems to be have you know break the laws of physics as far as leverage and stuff like that. Mm. I, I've got a thirty-five out of seventy-five. I got a okay. Hard. You yes. you hold it down. And you're going to jam the the knife yeah. through it. And no. when you do, it doesn't stop. It's trying to claw its way up. Meanwhile, suddenly. Oh. Dorian yells out because he's uh, he's being choked by this thing in the bed. What do you do, Dorian? Um, I'm just going to try and pull it off. Okay, go ahead and do a brawl. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, three zillows will not help me here. Okay. When you when you do this, you're obviously scared. You're breathing hard. You probably yell, and as you yell, it slips one of its fingers into your mouth and starts pulling itself up onto your face. Um, David, uh, Doctor Kurz, yeah, this thing is choking you. Uh, my first thought, uh, rationally, is to see what's beneath the wrist bones. If there is some attenuating force and there is nothing there, yes? There's nothing there. In fact, it sort of looks like the the sever, um, it's healed itself over. Oh. And it should be able to flip off, but it doesn't flip off. It's got right. It it seems to be preternaturally somehow. Yeah. And I have taken quite a shock, the three points of sanity. Yeah. But under the pillow is the blade. And I trust the blade, and I think I'm going to think of it as a beautiful shaving razor and carve off everything under my flesh, okay. separating only the fingertips to be left. Then, okay, it um, in fact uh, cuts like butter through the the hand, uh, which the hand continues to struggle. Uh, now it's lacerated; it's not bleeding. Uh, but it is oddly warm and soft and pliable. Uh, but you, yeah, you should be able to cut it off very easily. Uh, that doesn't stop it. You might be able to get it off. You're, you're muted. Sorry, I wish to put all the pieces. So I carve off the musculature of the hand uh -huh. and our little fingertips trying to choke me. No, they've, to... they've sort of fallen off as you cut them. I wish but to put all the parts into some box and see how long they continue to animate. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, right across from you, though, uh, Key, uh, Gunter is also being attacked. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty natural. You feel someone choking you. You're going to try and yeah. you know, grab it. You know. Okay. <laughs> so, wait, uh, Brawl? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, 
I have not rolled under 50, so that's a fail. <laughs> okay. Once again, uh, although it's trying to choke you and using its thumb to put pressure, uh, mm-hmm. its fingers reach up and force themselves into your mouth. Oh. <laughs> you try biting down. You can do that in your next roll. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, Gabriel, you wake up with this thing attacking you, and you are all alone in your room uh, <laughs> rolling around with it. What do you want to do? Um, I, wanted, I want to pry it off me, I guess. Okay, go ahead and try. Yeah, uh, fifty-four is a fail for brawl. Okay. Um this one seems to run itself down your arm. Uh and you find that it's holding your hand down onto the bed. That's when you notice two more of them falling down the chimney into the room and scrambling towards the bed. Uh, you can do another sanity roll. Oh, fuck. 16 is a pass for sanity. Okay. You just take one. Uh, let's jump back to Stu, uh, to uh, Theodore. All uh, right. You stabbed one, but it is... It is continuing. You think that if you pull the knife out, it's just going to run away. And Oh, yeah. My back. plan is to leave the knife pegged through the hand into the table. Now I'm going to go over to help Dorian. Uh, since and as you do that, you notice a couple more hands drop down the chimney into the room. If you've left the fire, the fires are probably really low, but the hands don't seem to mind landing in the fire. Okay. Uh, they just roll out and they start coming at you. I, I, I'm specifically going to help Dorian because I've got time before they cross to me. So I want to help my buddy. I'm just going to yeah. grab that hand and throw it in the nightstand table drawer and close that door drawer. On. Okay. Okay. Go ahead and uh, grapple. Grapple. All right. Is, is that, is that a deck? I'm sorry. Or a yeah, brawl. Brawl. It's a brawl. Okay. Oh, darn brawl. I wish it was a dex, but oh well. Da, 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 da. Oh, dirty darn it. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a fail. Okay. You grab a hold of it and you pull it off, and uh, but as you as you start to throw it towards or bring it towards the the dresser drawer. Um, it wiggles out of your hand, hits the floor, and runs underneath the bed. Um, meanwhile, the other two are coming at you. It does seem more prudent to for the two of you to be together uh, next to each other and defend that spot. Yeah. Uh, so that's where you are. Um, Josh, you're with him. Uh, Dorian, what do you do? Well, um, I want to find something I can swing at them. I don't care what it is, and I'm gonna okay. sw- grab maybe whatever and sw- maybe there's a lamp or a book or something next to the bed. Yeah, if it's a book, I'm gonna go down for the old squash. Okay. If it's a lamp, I'm gonna go for the old hit him, hit him where I'd it like hurts. you to do a luck roll as well. Oh, well, the luck rolls eighty. I have 29 looks, so that's nowhere near. <laughs> okay. 
But um, go ahead and do a do a, gra- a brawl roll for hitting it with the book. It comes at you. Oh, you bastard! Hang on, where's my brawl? Ah, my luck is so low, I can't even salvage a sixty-six out of fifty. Okay, so so it uh, uh, you miss it as you swing with the book. And it flies through the air towards you. You're going to try to hit it like a baseball bat, but you miss. And the thing lands right on your face like this. These Uh, things fly? Well, it seems to leap. Lunges. Uh, Lunges and leaps, lands right on your face. Um, uh, Dr. Uh, Kurz, uh, uh, there's a couple more of these that have come down the chimney and they're heading towards you. Uh, uh, towards uh, you and, uh, and, and uh, Gunter. Yeah, yeah, the two of you are fighting them. How is, uh, how is Hemdloch currently? I got like a thing trying to, to yeah, stick, stick its fingers in your mouth. Yeah. That's, that's intolerable. So I will um, start with here, I don't. I think if they enter him, uh, this is the worst case scenario. And I don't think I can use the Memsahis because if I sever it and the fingers caught inside, it could be even worse. So I have to brace against your shoulder and pull on the hand. You will luck any brawl. Luck is good. I mean, my luck in general is good. Yeah, and that roll is sufficient. Brawl is not. My strong suit. What what did you roll on luck? Uh, Forty-eight, which is just only enough. But okay. Um, well, brawl, brawl, brawl. Yeah, that's my worry about twenty-five. Yeah, seventy-three. I cannot spend. So. Okay. All right. So, but so you're pulling on this hand. And it seems to somehow be able to keep attached. It's holding on to Gunter's jaw <laughs> as you're pulling on it. So, Gunter, you're, you're getting your jaw. Oh. Uh, uh, Gunter, do a, what do you want to do? Uh, well, so, I think I know what you were going to bite. Yeah, I was going to bite down as okay. hard as possible. Do a luck and a brawl. Okay. Fail the luck. Well, what did you get? Uh, 66 out of 45, and I failed my brawl also. Still have okay. a couple of 50. <laughs> so the thing is, is using your facial muscles and your, your jawbone to sort of leverage itself. And it's now got a couple of fingers on the sides of your nose. It's like climbing up your face. You... <laughs> Uh, and, uh, Gabriel, <laughs> what are you going to do? So one of them is like trying to hold me here. Yeah. And the and other two are climbing up the bed. Yeah. <laughs> They're coming. Um, I, my one thought is to try to wrench free and run out into the hall. Okay. Go ahead and, if that's what you want to do, do a luck roll and a brawl roll. Oh, my God. 85. 
and then an 18. So the brawl is a hard success. The luck roll is a failure. Okay. Um, you manage to roll over. Your hand is still sort of pinned to the bed. Once you get your feet on the ground, you are able to use a lot of leverage to wrench your hand away um, and sort of start heading towards the door. But as you do that, one of the hands uh, intercepts you, grabs your ankle, and you fall face first onto the floor as... Okay. Uh, Gunter. Gunter, you and Josh, uh, you and uh, Dr. Dabrowski uh, are now being faced by three more of these things that are climbing up the bed and they're attempting to attack you. Okay. What do you want to do? Um, Wait, this is Stu, isn't it? Didn't we do Yeah, the- Theodore's. Oh. Uh, yeah, you, you did, did mine. I, All right. The hand kicked my ass. Huh. So it's me and Theodore. Okay. So, yeah. all right. So, with with the one, the one uh, hand stabbed to the table, uh-huh. and then the one that I got off of Dorian, but I didn't, I didn't successfully toss it in in the drawer. So, my next goal is is to grab my pillow and yank out the pillow with. So, I have a pillowcase, and uh-huh. we're going to start collecting hands. Okay. So, if hopefully a- that. Do a luck and a brawl roll. A luck and a brawl. All right. Tell so what the luck, luck is. Ooh, the luck is an O2. Okay. Your brawl. So now brawl. So so was the luck, I guess, to get the pillowcase out and now. I haven't now told we're... you yet what the luck oh, is. Oh, okay. For. <laughs> now we're gonna try. All right, let's see. Hey, 15. I, I really brawl the thing. I Right. I think I got my first one in the bag. So, yes. In fact, uh, as one of them leaps towards your face, you catch it in the pillowcase. Uh, you close the pillowcase, and it is violently uh, trying to get out. Um, not all of these things really have fingernails, as it were, but uh, uh, they're not necessarily you know, clean-cut fingernails. So they might have a little bit of a... a tear trying to tear at the cloth um it'll be a while got one down yes um well one leaped in at me again so i'm gonna try and deal with that one okay one of them landed on your face didn't it yeah the one that launched towards me okay probably want to try to get that off your face yeah that is what i'm doing and then I want to squash it, but I need to worry about face first. So do you want me to do look and then brawl? No, just do a brawl. Oh, that's a good one. 26. Okay. Out of 50. All right, Gil. You, uh, you managed to pry up a couple of its fingers. Um, and it's not, it's not just holding you. It, it's, it seems like it's after something, uh, but you pry off its fingers and keep it from from doing anything. But it's it's struggling pretty hard with you. Um, 
but you manage to keep it. It it doesn't. It's hard to throw it away, but it it's it's right there. But you're you're fighting with it. Um. Uh, David. Uh, Roland. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm pondering as the hands scuttle from the chimney, how best to help uh, have Bloch without. So I'm I'm thinking I if I pinch the finger above and then memsehis, I can slice it from the hand, removing the strength, and then toss the digit. And so I begin a slightly surgical effort to free his face, and then we will deal with the ones on the floor. He would be less distressed when his face is free. And I'm thinking, how many? How similar do these hands look? Do they seem to be replications of the same no, hand? They seem no, like they, they been... might be other people's hands. Some look, they all look slightly decayed, but also somewhat preserved. Uh, so they're look, oddly warm and and soft, uh, but they could be men's hands, women's hands. So the butchers have been Dirty. collecting these pieces. I'm assuming. I'm thinking about what the major has told us, and so there are other body parts from the victims. But this is the first onslaught, and they know who we are. Yeah. So survival comes first. I I attempt surgically to remove all the bits so that they don't get inside her block. Snip snip. Uh, do I do perhaps luck and surgery now that I? practice surgery or is it luck and broad again or just just well, to brawl you guys are fighting um yeah I, i'm not the brawler so okay um the other two get up to you and they start climbing up you while you're trying to do this to uh uh Herr Bloch, and uh there's a lot of confusion but you're not managing to get them off um, Keith, uh, you're in kind of pandemonium with this. Yeah, I mean, your face. Yeah, I'm gonna close my eyes because you know if someone's fingers are getting near your eyes. It's pretty normal to shut your eyes tight and just gonna keep trying to yank this damn thing off my face. Okay, go ahead and brawl. Come on, dice. No. Okay. <laughs> So, in fact, you do close your eyes because this thing is scrambling across your face and you're trying to get it off. And that's when you realize that the fucking thing is trying to dig in to the side of your eye socket uh-huh. and it's managing to to dig in. And unfortunately, you suddenly realize that it has torn out one of your eyeballs so you scream everybody you know you're already all screaming but um the second that it tears out your eyeball uh your eyeball sort of falls to the floor uh the thing releases you and it leaps down to the floor and uh, Dr. Roland, you can see this too. It's almost as if the back end of the hand uh, sort of goes down to where the eyeball is, and the skin around it, almost like fingers, 
wrap themselves around the eyeball and the thing scrambles for the, the chimney at the same time, the same moment in everybody's room, the hands all of a sudden stop attacking and they all start heading for X getting out. They're, they're heading for the chimney. Uh, if the window is open, they'll head for the window, um, except for the ones that uh, Theodore has managed to stab and trap. I have uh, parts in a box also, but I must leap upon the one that has taken Locke's eye. Go ahead and try. Is this also Brawl? Yes. I will never... Yeah, 64 for 25. I do not have... And I got 20, oh. so... Um, up the chimney they go. Uh, and you hear... <laughs> and uh, and uh, Herr Block is uh, uh, yeah. rolling on the bed, grabbing yeah. a hold of his eye. Yeah, and you can I see blood. Yeah, and I kind of uh, scream out. Uh, I was like, "Hers, close the wound with that knife of yours." Yeah, hold still, Herr Block. I'm sorry, <clears throat> I could not catch it. Me neither. Gently, gently. <laughs> Enter the blade, curve it around the membrane. You managed to close it very nicely. Uh, country, you have lost your depth perception. Hmm. Um, and the rest of you also realize that your attack is over, and you can hear lots of noise coming from the other rooms around you. So from your rooms, not from other people in the hotel's rooms. Would you all get together? Good God. You probably had scratches on you and Oh yeah, yeah. Um <clears throat> do the hands that I've apprehended uh continue to try to escape or do they eventually go limp? No, they continue to struggle. Yeah, I have how thirsty. I have also some pieces in them. Oh. box. They've they flinched we go. Perhaps they can lead us back to Hemplock's eye. I was going to say, what if we get a jar and let it? Yeah, so they can roll themselves. Go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like those hamster wheels, balls. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> little hand, little hand. <laughs> I have ever reason, Hemplock, to think that your eye, the tissue, is still intact, and with uh, Memsahis, I could replace it. Uh, yeah, but they I assume they are they perform this to be able to perceive our actions. No, yeah. do, you, do any of you have morphine? <laughs> no, actually, thanks to Dr. Kurz, you don't feel any pain. Oh, okay, all right, yeah, <laughs> yeah the Mimsy he clears everything up, unless the except it is the, the soil that wants the morphine. I'd be interested to see these hands play handball. Forgive me if I oh. don't laugh. Um, <laughs> so you're all traumatized, obviously. Yeah. Um, do I take a sanity roll for having my eyeball? Yes, you can. You can do sanity rolls. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid I must also. Especially since you do recall. Uh, the the text you read about the uh, 
the, the knights during the crusade and the priest who had his eye stolen. If I had rolled this O2 when they were mauling you, I could have saved your eye. And what uh, happened to I, the priest? I failed the Sandra. I, I failed also. Oh, one nine D4. is a pass. One D4. One, one if you passed. One D4. Yeah, the, um, or the eye that they showed all sorts of horrible things to. Well, I am now at 24 sanity. Yeah, you're hanging on. I am beyond. About this time, uh, Gunter, mm -hmm. you know when you've stared too long at something bright, how when you close your eyes you can still see it for a second? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, at first you think that something like that is happening. Maybe it's like phantom eye. You yep. know, you're used to seeing through two mm -hmm. eyes. But when your eyes close, even for a split second and you're blinking, you suddenly realize that you can sort of see a negative image. And that negative image is, from your perspective, you running down a dark alley somewhere in the city. Mm -hmm. And you're close to the ground, like... Oh. You in, can in, see through your own eyes. Still. Yeah, I mentioned that as like going. Uh, I seem to be able to still see it. It reminds me of that Mina Harker and how she still could help with the chase of Dracula when she had a connection. Maybe mm. they're going down an alley. I wish they'd look up at a street sign or something. Now, can I, I like, able to, uh, I have to have both my good eye closed to see that, or is it kind of like, yeah. Okay. Of course, you've only got one good eye, so. Yeah, so. Be probably disorientating if you could see it. It's all it, the it's, time. it that that is what it is. It is quite disorientating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, hopefully. So you guys yeah. are obviously in shock. Yeah. Yeah, I hope, as you said, that that helps us find to where they've taken it. You think that it. We should make chase now while it is still close to us. Probably, we can if we can recover it. Then I assume they are moving as a group. Does the does the vision show other of them scrambling about? You don't really see right. anything. I mean, Standing. they can. I mean, they're so small and so agile. Yeah. Who knows what direction they went after they went up the chimney? Mm. Uh, yeah, Sophia is a river through the city, of course. We go downhill or uphill, or maybe you see a, a sign of a tavern or some other indicator that we could follow up, if not immediately, then. Mm -hmm. Keep an eye on it. No pun intended. Yeah. That was not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, you can't really tell. It's just, it's dark. It's, uh, these are alleys, so they're not lit. They're not yeah. well lit. 
Um, yeah, it just seems be. very disorienting, like like your eyes on a roller coaster. Yeah. And what do you want to do? It's mm. probably, we'll say it's about four in the morning. Frankly, I probably want to drink after a traumatic experience of. <laughs> There's probably alcohol in your room. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't know, even if it is a good idea to go after it because it's, it's at night. It's already a dangerous city, regardless of these hellish hands running about. And just a handful, well, actually, just a few of those hands. (laughs) Sorry. Just a few of the hands um, um, really pushed us to the the, the brink of, of defeat here. Yeah, it seems maybe we wish to uh, seek out the butcher and surprise them in their own place. But does this mean we must leave Herr Bloch behind? Because if he sees through them and they see through him. Well, I mean, I don't know if they can see through me. Through me, it doesn't. It's, it's the only it reason they would take your eye and leave us alone, yeah? So yeah, they can I mean, eye on us from within. None of it makes sense, yeah. Well, we just hmm. have to get him blindfolded. And we got to get a eye patch. And I don't want to walk around with a empty socket anyway. I mean, just get an eye patch to go over it. But I mean, I if there's things through your, your good nice. eye, we just need mm-hmm. to... True, yeah. Blindfold both the empty socket and the working eye. The way Dabrowski does, except if you walk around like that. See no evil. Be like, like, yeah. Mm. I think we can. We must decide whether we wish to follow Jordan off or attack the, the butchers beforehand. Uh, I, I don't think we can do we don't I don't think we want to lead the butchers to Jordan off and his research, yeah. No, but uh, what I'm worried about is that we don't go and read the paper that Jordanoff has, the butchers get to it, and then our one lead is gone. I mean as much as I'd like my eye back, I'd rather get this head and get this over with. I don't. There, I mean, dismembered hands kicked our ass. <laughs> What's um, our best shot against? Did did not the the priest from the twelve hundred story didn't did not they had a missing eye, right? There was a priest, there was the madman who had his eyes stolen. Yeah, but then... And one was replaced with the demonic eye. But but after, wasn't it three days, the, the head exploded? You're not helping. <laughs> I'm just... I'm just trying to piece together what what we... We, we, we will certainly try to recover 
Gunter's eye. We cannot leave it in the hands. God, we can't leave it with <laughs> why hands? So many metaphorical. Especially that English use hands. Damn it! Um, I'm gonna pour another drink. <laughs> All hands on deck. We must immediately get our fingers around the <laughs> chokehold. Yeah. Has, has it in their clutches? No, their their grasp. I mean, say to it. keep keep an eye on it, definitely. Yeah. Well, what you do remember from the story is it seems that it works both ways. You can see what they're doing. They can see what you're doing. That was the whole point of stealing the person's eye. Yeah. So maybe they've made a mistake. Yeah. Maybe yeah, maybe, they're, maybe they're after the um the researcher. After yeah. the uh, museum. They could be after Rodko. Certainly we must keep Gunter, as it were, in the dark. Mm-hmm. Oh, Unless we again use the second site he has to find the butchers first, and then we clear the field, and we can continue as our own research. I mean, and it may we... be that if you put a patch, all they'll see is the patch. Exactly. And I'll just remove the patch when I'm taking a crap, and they can watch that. <laughs> <laughs> they can lose sanity. <laughs> I don't know, they might be into that sort of thing. (laughs) So, if if we'd like to stop here, this would be a good spot. Try to figure out what to do next. Um, You don't think that pursuit right now would be a good idea, because it's dark, it's too easy to ambush you, but you also have Dr. uh, Jordanov who might know where the head is. Yeah. All right. Our players included Morgan Llewellyn, David Gasway, Stuart Lively, Keith Craig, and Josh Harwood, with yours truly as a Keeper of Arcane Lore. We have a Discord server where you can chat with other members, you can set up private games, and you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Or you can hit the Super Chat button at the at the Super Thanks button just under the video. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel. And punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answer any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming.